0: Hello and welcome to the Becoming Your Highest Self podcast. I'm your host, Macy Renee, and we are going on a journey together, my friend. If you've been looking for a podcast geared towards your growth, self-awareness, navigating your brain's daily mind drama, and deep inner work to become your highest and best self, you are in the perfect place. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Becoming Your Highest Self podcast. I hope that everything has been going well. And if you're very observant, you will know that typically my podcast releases every single Monday. I have a lot of people message me and say, guess what day it is? Monday, podcast day. And that did not happen this week. Um, And I will tell you some of the reasons why. So this week was kind of busy for me. I turned 28 years old on the 10th of October, spent the day being very present with my grandma, and then my 21-year-old sister and her boyfriend just bought their very first home, which I'm extremely proud of them for doing because I know at 21, I was nowhere near ready to buy a house with my now husband. And so I'm really proud of them for sure. And Then, unfortunately, um, Sunday night, I learned of something very tragic that happened with one of my dearest friends, so I took off work on Monday. Originally, the plan was to spend Sunday doing a podcast, but I was so behind on my occupational therapy documentation work that I was like, you know what, I'll do it Monday. And then, um, again, that tragedy happened and I decided to go be present and be with my friend during a very difficult time. And so with that being said, Monday we did not get to release an episode. However, it worked out pretty perfectly because I wanted to talk about... Holding space for people. And it couldn't have come at a more perfect time because experiencing someone else going through such a tremendous loss um, really requires a good understanding of how to hold space for them. And there's a lot of ways that we can hold space for others. And so that was really what I wanted to talk to you guys about today. So If you're new to personal development or spirituality, you may not have heard this phrase before, but holding space is really about giving people the opportunity to be who they are authentically and be able to really just provide them this safe non-judgmental space to say what they need to say or to feel what they need to feel without our own ego getting involved. And I know that I haven't done an episode yet on how the ego works. Um, so some of you might not have an understanding really about, you know, a deep understanding about ego and how it works. But what I will say is that a lot of times it can be very easy for us to Want people to respond to certain things the way that we would respond, right? So maybe something feels extremely emotional or tragic for our friend or our family member or a brother or sister or whatever and to us it doesn't really feel all that tragic or like a big deal, right? This could be like falling off of your bike as a kid, you know, and your sister hysterically crying and just being like, "Oh, you big baby, just get up, brush it off. You're fine, right?" And so what I'm what I mean by holding space is that your ego doesn't get involved and think that another person's way of showing emotion is the wrong way or in such a way that you wouldn't respond that way because of X, Y, and Z. And normally why we have that response is because our ego gets involved and thinks it's ridiculous that they would have this strong of a reaction to X, Y, and Z. They should respond like this or like that. And a lot of it comes down to You know, I've talked about this in another episode is that we each have manuals for how we believe that people should act. And it comes back again to our ego and wanting to be right and feeling like sometimes we know the best way, or we think if you would just do this, you'd feel better. If you would just respond this way, everything would be different. So, what holding space means is to create that safe, almost controlled environment for someone to show up 110% as who they are and whatever emotion that they are in and not have your ego screaming that they need to respond any differently than they are. And that can be very difficult for people because it's a part of the human experience to like want to fix things it's very um, masculine energy that sometimes even we as women will fall into it's like this need to fix everyone's problem and you know when we do that we're not really allowing them to authentically feel what they need to feel energetic through energetically through their body so one of the ways that I teach this and this holding space can be you know Utilized a number of ways. There's not just one way to hold space for someone or one circumstance, right? There's there's several. But one of the ways that I teach holding space is in my group coaching program, in Inner Mastery, when I am teaching the module um, of how you show up in the world. Right, that very first module or module that we do. I really teach the women that holding space for those other women is one of the most important things that they could ever do and the reason being is because when you're in one of my coaching programs, we go very, very deep. Um, We're talking about a lot of things that people in the outside world like don't know a lot of times. A lot of times these women are sharing things that maybe their closest family doesn't even know, sometimes their husband doesn't even know, boyfriends don't even know, significant others, um, mom, dad, you know, it could be traumatic things that have happened to them, it could be thoughts that they're having that they would be too afraid to share with other people. So they come to that call knowing that the space that I am holding for them is... Completely private, and that no matter what they share, they're not going to be judged. And no matter what their thoughts are, even if their thoughts are way off base, right? And maybe their thoughts are not even true, but whatever it is that they're feeling, I always encourage them to say out loud feel it, don't judge it, you know, say it, you know, experience that freedom from not holding it in. If you're thinking it, and you're trying to hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, It's that energy is not serving you. So being able to come to the call and release that and say, okay, once I said it out loud, it sounds silly, or once I said it out loud, I immediately feel better. That's the type of space that I want to hold for the women that are in any of my programs. But especially Inner Mastery where we're doing deep work that oftentimes feels very confusing and sometimes feels very painful and sometimes you know makes women want to run the opposite direction like what did I get myself into I'm you know experiencing this new awakening of all of these these thoughts and things that I have control of where I've been blaming other circumstances for so long and now I'm realizing that I'm the driver of my life and I'm the one that needs to feel all my feelings and acknowledge all of these things from my past and it doesn't always feel the most comfortable. So when the women come to the group, I really stress that all of the women in there are attentive to the women that are sharing stories. That. You know, we use Zoom as our platform, so that means we can all see each other. It's a conference call type of thing. We're on there together 90 minutes. And I really set the expectation for the ladies that, obviously, I know that there might be emergencies and you might have to run off and take care of your kids or you might be cooking dinner or doing whatever you are doing, but it's important that as much as they can to give their undivided attention to whoever is speaking A part of how the ego works is that when other people are speaking and sharing a story that's not relevant to our own, we often tune out. We start thinking about what we're doing tomorrow. We might decide, okay, well, I will pause my Zoom screen and scroll through Facebook as I'm quote unquote listening, right? But you're not being an active listener. You're not being actively engaged. And one of the things that really meant a lot to me when I was in my very first coaching program with my coach was... You know, I was sharing deep traumatic things that I interpreted in my childhood and young, you know, childhood and then young adulthood. And what meant the most to me was looking at the screen and seeing the women engulfed in my story and just knowing that they were holding the space for me to be truthful and completely honest and emotional and have tears. And I felt supported by them because they're all looking at me and holding the space for me to just say what I need to say and be who I need to be and feel what I need to feel and I also remember moments where screens were paused and I would sometimes just have eye contact with maybe my coach and one or two others of a big group and it you know and I can remember times where I paused my screen because I felt like I couldn't be you know always present and my ego was getting involved. And I just remember when I felt most good about being in my coaching group was when I knew that my story was being heard and honored and respected and that someone was actively listening to me. You know, there's nothing like, and I've been guilty of this because I talked about it in my buffering episode. But, you know, when someone is talking to you and then being on your phone phone and scrolling through and, you know, say, saying, yeah, I'm listening, I'm listening. But truly, you really probably most of the time don't hear what they're really saying. And even so, your body language is... I'm you know I'm not 100% engulfed in what you're saying to me right now I have other things to do and trust me I, I have been that person sometimes I still am and my husband will call me out on it of like I'm trying to talk to you and you're on your phone and I'll be like oh shoot he's right you know I hate admitting it sometimes but I'm like he's right I need to be present in this moment he is trying to talk to me and so that can be holding space too right if some a friend is coming to you and you have this desire to be on your phone, it's really important to say, you know, this person desires that connection with me, desires to talk to me right now, desires my time and attention and if I can't give it to them because I need to scroll through my phone I really need to ask myself what that's about and a lot of times it's like wanting to be comfortable and wanting to do your own thing and your ego fighting and just you know wanting to be in your own world and so what we really need to do is remember to hold the space for the person that's asking for our attention and hear them and see them and honor the things that they're saying and In another way so that's kind of two examples right like one way is in a group uh, of women who are sharing big deep private things and you know not being distracted making sure you're really listening to them and the second example is you know if a friend is coming to talk to you are you being present in the moment or are you is your mind in a million other places and can you hold the space for them to say what they need to say and maybe even say to them, you know, give me 30 seconds, I need to check something really quick and then you can have my undivided attention. Or give me two minutes, I have to go run and do something that's really heavily on my mind and then when I come back, you're getting my undivided attention. And just clearing whatever needs to be cleared in your mind to give someone the space and energy that they are requesting. So same thing this week when, you know, My friend experienced such a tragic, unexpected loss. It, you know, I just wanted to be present. And when someone experiences that, there's nothing that you can say. Like, you know, that you can, your presence obviously means a lot, but there's no words to describe, like, how to comfort them and how to say the right thing because. They're experiencing such grief and heartache. And so holding space for them in that moment, which I experienced yesterday, was just being a presence and just being there to allow that friend to share whatever it was they wanted to share and to cry as much as they wanted to cry and to go rest as much as they wanted to go rest and to sleep. And there were several times the family was like, I feel rude if I leave and go take a nap but I'm exhausted because obviously with an unexpected tragic loss you don't sleep your mind is racing and there were so many times where I was like it's not selfish at all you know a part of holding space is saying like what do you need what are you asking me for and allowing that person to go do it without saying yeah you know it's inconvenient for me because you're gonna go xyz holding space for someone is a very vulnerable loving experience of really honoring someone's needs in that moment right and so I've been able to experience what it's like to hold space for different people at different times and I'm even learning so that's three ways right so a fourth way and this will come from kind of a silly story that you guys might enjoy a few years ago one of my coaches was telling me of an experience she had about needing someone to hold the space for her. So I'm going to share this story. So my coach had done four consults with people who she was positive were going to sign up and do one-on-one coaching with her. And she had her heart set on it. She just knew they were going to sign. She felt very confident. And They were boarding on the plane after, you know, shortly after she had talked to them and so she thought this is perfect after this two-hour flight. I'm going to land. I'm going to find out that all four of them are ready to sign their contracts with me. It's going to be wonderful. So she's on the plane with her fiance. They're in the air for two hours. She's feeling really good about life. They land and, you know, everything comes back on her phone. She's able to get messages again and she has four messages saying that all four people she consulted with do not, in fact, want to coach one-on-one one with her this was several years ago and her authentic reaction was complete and utter shock and heartbreak and she started bawling crying on the plane and she cried loudly and very visibly she didn't try to hide it she just hysterically melted down and her fiance said to her, you need to stop crying, stop crying, people are staring, pull yourself together, stop, and he continued to tell her that she needed to stop crying because everybody was looking at her, you know, as they were getting up to grab their bags um, over the seats and whatnot, like, people were staring at her crying, and after crying for, you know, several minutes and hearing him say, you need to pull it together, stop crying, She turned to him, it's such a life coach thing, right? She turned to him and she said, stop shushing me. Stop telling me to stop feeling my emotions and stop telling me to stop crying because you are uncomfortable with my emotion. Your ego is what is causing you to feel very uncomfortable in this moment because people are staring at you and at me and your discomfort is causing you so much because you're not managing it in your mind that you are trying to shush me from my authentic emotional experience. Stop it. And when she told that story, I mean, we were laughing about it after the fact, right? But in that moment, he was like, holy crap, you know? And when I heard that, I was like, oh my God, how many times have I told someone to stop crying Because I was uncomfortable, not because they actually needed to stop crying, but because I was dying inside. I can name many times that I've done that. And as you guys know, I'm a pediatric occupational therapist, so this experience that my life coach shared at that time really hit me hard as... In thinking like, okay, how many times as an occupational therapist have I heard parents say, stop crying, you know, you're giving me a headache, or stop crying, I'm overhearing it, or even me feeling like, oh my gosh, if they don't stop crying, I am going to lose it, stop, or stop crying, or you're going to time out, right? How many times have we done this so innocently thinking like that was the best way to handle you know our child's emotions. Now certainly there are different ways of handling this in different circumstances for sure so it's not to say that you've done something wrong if you've ever done this but it really made me see it from a different point of view of how many times have I shushed a child from authentically experiencing their emotion in the moment because I had a headache or because I was uncomfortable or because I couldn't handle the sensory input anymore of them screaming and crying and being so vulnerable with their emotion. And I can think of even times as like a kid of my sisters crying and me shushing them because I didn't want to get in trouble, right? It's that same thing of like I don't want to get in trouble so you need to control your emotion. Um, Or even family members that brought up a topic that made me super uncomfortable and started crying and then I was like, stop crying, stop crying, it's so dumb to cry over this, like stop and it wasn't holding space for them, holding space for someone is allowing them without judgment to feel their feelings and cry and scream and be sad and upset or truthful or honest or authentic without our ego fighting to feel better. And it can be a very difficult thing to do. I'm sure from just hearing a few examples, you can maybe recognize how many times have you done this in your life? And so what you can do moving forward now that you know this information is recognize when someone is needing you, when someone is wanting your attention, when someone is trying to communicate something You know, with you. And it's about you don't always have to have an answer for everything. You don't always have to have a rebuttal for everything. You don't always have to argue or or feel defensive over something that someone says, even if it doesn't feel true. Holding space can be as much as if my husband comes to me with something I absolutely don't agree with or I absolutely think is ridiculous instead of cutting him off and saying you're crazy stop like that's ridiculous and running away holding space can be fully hearing whatever it is that he has to say until he's finished processing that for you know a few seconds a few minutes and saying okay I hear you this is kind of how I feel about it you know and maybe we agree to disagree maybe we have the best conversation we've ever had but holding space for someone goes back to them being authentic in their emotion and what they're feeling and their thoughts and what they need to say and us holding the space for them to do so without ego of I need to be right. I need to tell them all the reasons that they're wrong. I need to feel comfortable so I'm going to need them to stop crying or I need to feel this way so I'm going to need to change their mind on how they feel. It's not about that. It's really just about what can I do to provide them what they need in this moment now in addition to this if you feel like someone is completely out of line right maybe they're talking to you crazy you don't have to hold the same space for them if they are using ill words of you or cussing you out or completely attacking you that's where boundaries come into play and I have a podcast on boundaries so I would encourage you to listen to that. But that's where our boundaries come in. You know, we can say things like, listen, I'm happy to have this conversation with you, but not while you're screaming at me. I understand that you're angry, frustrated, upset, whatever their emotion is but I cannot hear the message when you have that tone with me or I don't allow people to talk to me that way in that tone of voice or screaming. So if you want to have this conversation, we need to sit down like adults and have a one-on-one very calm conversation and I will, you know, be quiet while you speak, but I will not tolerate this type of behavior towards me. And that is is setting a boundary with them, right? A very clear boundary of if you're yelling, I will walk away. Um and sometimes holding the space is is even that, right? Saying like I will hold the space for you. However, when it does not energetically feel good to me because you are demeaning me in the process, maybe that's just one example, right? Or degrading me in the process. You know, I need us to have a very cordial conversation and we don't have to agree with it, but I don't allow someone to scream and yell at me and be disrespectful. So until we can do that, you know, I'm going to walk away And you can still send them love and just say, I still love you. I, you know, I still want to hear what you have to say, but I think maybe, you know, once you cool down a little bit or once you're able to talk to me in a more calm way, I'm happy to come back and have this conversation and just hear you out. Even if I don't agree with it, I'm willing to hear you out. And that can be holding space as well. So I hope that this episode helps you. I'm sure there's a million other ways that I didn't even think about today. I'm so eager to get you this podcast that I'm going to make sure I get it out today so you can listen as soon as possible. I apologize for the delay. Thank you so much for being a supportive listener and if you are loving this podcast I would highly encourage you to share it with your friends. Let them know that you're becoming your highest self and you would love to introduce them to this journey to see if it's right for them and I hope that you all have an amazing week. I will see you all next Monday. Have a great week.